We're back to discuss what's going down in the bubble, the Lakers' early struggles. How do they fix it? LeBron, how does he look? Jalen Rose from Jalen and Jacoby breaks it all down. And, of course, you talk a little bit about that 81-point game with Kobe Bryant as well. Danny, what time is it? What up, what up, ladies and gentlemen? You know what time it is. We are back with more Inside the Green Room, presented to you by Jack in the Box. Yep, we are back. What we got going? Whoa, um, first of all, yeah, let's get to the – Let's get to the suit idea, suit action going on here. I thought this is a casual thing, bro. Um, yes, it is. I'm feeling very underdressed here. What's going on, bro? I like <laughs> the colors. I like the colors. Very, very, they're very nice. But uh, talk yeah. to me. What's going on? Why are um, you like it on? Well, actually, so I'm partaking in uh, the National Association of Black Journalists Convention that's happening digitally this time. Usually it's uh, in a city. It's supposed to be in Washington, D.C. I assume maybe next year you might be joining us. It's in Houston, and I want to... We could actually talk about that in a little bit, but first I did want to shout out to peep the, can you see the inside here? Can you see the numbers? Ooh, can you see that? 824 too, I like it. Kobe and yeah. G, dope, bro. Purple yeah. on there with a little yellow and the stitching. No better way to fuck, to honor, excuse my language, no <laughs> better way to honor them, man. 824 is coming up. Hopefully, excuse me, hopefully we're playing better basketball at that point, but so I like the suit, man. Who made it? Uh, oh, you, you already know the, you already know where my hookups come from. Boys from Toronto? We shouting yeah, them out? No, no, I thought they came from north of the border. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. That's dope, man. They be hooking me up, too, so congrats. I'm hoping, I'm hoping I could bring it to the bubble, but going back to that part about Houston, I think you mentioned it in our last show. Uh, so you decided, you and Blair, for people who are listening, watching, to have your uh, wedding next summer in Houston. Did you ever think about, like, for me, when I heard that, I was like, wow, it's going to be an interesting, that's an interesting choice because you also have, that should be free agency. Did, you, did that cross your mind too? Like, man, I'm going to have a wedding the same summer I'm doing free agency. That seems like, and then that convention that I, I referenced, it's also going to be in Houston in the summer. Obviously, that's a little bit more minuscule compared to free agency and, and your wedding. But did you think about like, oh, it looks like you don't even, didn't even realize that. No, I didn't. I didn't think about it. I mean, at this pace that we're at we have no idea what our schedule is um i'm just hoping that the, it doesn't interfere with the season it was a tentative date um obviously we'd love to do it in houston and it, it depends on how covid reacts if things are different it might not be in, in houston it might be in a different location um but i wasn't even thinking about free agency that that will be interesting uh, but coincidental that you have the convention there which would be dope too and i'll say a lot of things uh, it's a lot of her friends and family she's from there um, so we're just playing it by ear of how the schedule is going to be um, how COVID is reacting, how the world is reacting to COVID um, the, the determines where our wedding is going to be, how big it's going to be, and you know, so on and so forth. So uh, free agency is the last thing that's on my mind right now. Right now, just locking in and focus on hopefully playing some better basketball, winning some basketball games. Yeah, we're going to get into that. But I imagine there's so many couples uh, that have wet, had weddings planned, have weddings, uh, have weddings that they want to attend. And this COVID-19 is really uh, throwing – Throwing a real big mix to, to all Curve those plans. Curveball's crazy. Um, you don't really realize, like, what's going on with other people's wedding until you have one to plan yourself. You start learning and finding out from other people how to plan a wedding, what the things they went through. Um, and people that are planning weddings now, you start to notice more people that get engaged, more people that are planning, trying to plan weddings. Uh, just talking to Marvin Williams, I think he had to replan it three times. Because uh, one time there was a forest fire. He's playing in California, forest fire, or some type of fire where the venue got affected by it. Uh, second time is COVID, and now 
he's playing it again for next next year July and hopefully they're not you know we're not playing at that point he might not be, he, he might be playing at that point you never know um if he's back in Milwaukee um so it, it's a tough deal tough schedule to, to you know work around and I said even normal people so a lot of people doing celebrations in the backyard not even to you know do it in the church or go like have big weddings or even do it at all a lot of people have to reschedule so um, you start to notice more of that stuff when you're kind of in the wedding category or conversation uh, when you're doing one yourself. Uh, shot in the dark here. You want like play-by-play commentary for your wedding? <laughs> Trying to get my reps in. Shot, shot, yeah. I mean, six. I'm trying to listen, at six, at six, six, coming in as the groomsmen. Maybe for the reception, we could do that. Maybe for the reception <laughs> or the brunch or the, the rehearsal dinner. Um, that would yeah. be that would be dope, but I'm trying to figure out ways to include everybody in the family, man, to, to be a part of it. You know, I have my homeboy and trying to get my homegirl to help, you know, with designing some of the, the groomsmen, bridesmaid type of deal, uh, or maybe just the rehearsal dinner or the brunch. We're going to probably do a three-day thing the weekend. Um, so I'm trying to include everybody that there's strong points to try to, you know, obviously we got Night Train. Big shout out to DJ Night Train. We're going to have him there uh, on the ones and twos, but not the whole night. We're going to have him a part of the wedding as well, just have him enjoy the wedding. Um, so you have him, you know, DJ for a little bit, but we'll have somebody else there to, to fill in for him for most of the night so he can party and enjoy it as well. Um, but yeah, we're trying to find multiple ways to include everybody in, in the family, um, mm-hmm. to be a part of the wedding and enjoy it at the same time. Not to take away the focus from basketball, but I, I imagine you're, you're there in your hotel room in Orlando. So I imagine it's good to kind of get away and, and talk about things outside of the game. It looks like you might need Blair to, to come pull up a little bit because a little, from what I know of you, that thing's a little sorted around around there behind you. Uh, it, it's not too it's bad, er, but it is. But it is early though, so I give you a break. It is early. And I, know your, I know your sleep cycle's all the way messed up from this. How this thing is going down? With the nine p.m. games, we have late nights, man. Long late nights, and um, try to sleep in some, but early morning, so not much sleep during the nighttime. We do get naps in during the day. Um, but I do do a consistent job of every night cleaning the room. That's the only thing we have to do, really, because we have boxes coming in shipments. And we unload the boxes and re-clean the room. So, so far, so good. Um, but we do need Blair's assistance for other things outside of cleaning this room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so getting to that point, and I don't – Frank Vogel has alluded to this, and uh, LeBron, I believe, has as well. How are you adjusting to this – schedule i know sometimes you guys have to have practices in the evening which is not something you usually do uh and you know i know you're a creature of habit you've been in the league a long time lebron is a creature of habit been in the league a long time and you got a lot of veterans on your team as well i think basketball players are probably just creatures of habit how would you evaluate that impact on how you guys are playing or maybe not even how you're playing but just your comfort level with being in the bubble for now i guess it's what three weeks or so yeah, I mean, it's it's an adjustment. It's something that we are getting still used to it. But at the same time, we said you increase the habit when it's kind of weird. It's kind of very new uh, to have practice times at different times where games is so late, um, especially coming from the West Coast. Um, I think a lot of guys are still probably adapting to the time zone change. Uh, but luckily, said they're giving us the late game, so it helps us, allows us to adapt better. Uh, but I know once we start getting rolling and things getting back into a serious mode, I think it'll have more strict strategic schedule a lot of our guys that after 9 p.m games are up four or five in the morning you hear the music blasting guys are texting in the group chat because it's just restless and can't sleep mind you we're not only done or done eating and back and shower until you know 1 2 a.m 
Uh, so we have like two hours, two hours to cool down. You know, we're going to sleep around 4 a.m. Most guys at the earliest 3, 4 a.m. Um, so, yeah, it's something we have to adapt and adjust to. But I think we're getting used to it. And uh, eventually, you know, it'll become, you know, second nature. One of, the, one of my favorite things about doing this show with you is that we don't have to sugarcoat. We can keep it a buck. Uh, and that's sure. the best type of journalism. So in that sense, uh, let's keep it a buck. You guys have not looked good. Um, why is that? <laughs> uh, I think plenty of reasons. Um, just a three-month, four-month hiatus doesn't help. <laughs> the chemistry is different. Um, we have had a front load of games where we haven't had any breaks in between. I think a lot of teams have gotten you know, two days in between, at some point in between games. Uh, for us, this is, I think, four or five games five games in about eight nights, maybe not nine nights. We had a game every other day. So it was um, Clippers to start Toronto Raptors. Yep. Then Utah and then back to back OKC Houston. So it was five games and, you know, we had what, three days in between those games at off maybe. So between mm-hmm. Clippers and Toronto, between Utah and, um, what was it? OKC. Utah and Toronto. Yeah. Utah and OKC. So, yeah, five, yeah. five games in eight nights. You know, um, still trying to get out, trying to get legs back, man. And I think we have at the end, which is better for us, we'll take that front-loaded because at the end of the, the, the season, we have more days in between the rest, and that's before playoffs, which is when we'll, we'll need our legs the most and be the freshest. Uh, so we'll take that schedule. Um, but so the long lines of everything, guys, are still trying to find the chemistry. We have guys out. Rondo's not here. Um, Avery's not here. You know, we have new teammates. We have JR and Gian trying to figure out fit in. Uh, get in where they fit in. Um, so everybody's just kind of get back in the chemistry. And we know, obviously, we, we clinch. So it's some of those games, we know we know most of our games are important for us. So we're trying to get better. And also, Coach, I think, is trying to do a good job. Doing, he's done a great job to this point of limiting minutes or playing guys just a certain amount of what they need to be in shape and not overplay them. Um, so there's a number of things. But hopefully, so we get everybody back. Bron, I think Javel sat out one game with uh, – well, last game, Javel Braun. Uh, AC was hurt, so we had a couple guys out last game. Uh, the games before that, we had Dwight out, you know, taking care of his knee. Uh, we had a couple of guys, so I think Coach on the rotate guys taking some days off here and there. I'm sure AD will probably take the next game off. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to play a full game. And I think all these last, those last two games will be something we get in our playoff rotation or get a good rhythm and have a whole team at full strength uh, beside, you know, Rondo being out for the first round at least. That game that you played against the Rockets, there were some – I saw – the typically good possessions defensively, blocks here, steals there, that little poke around block. I mean, poke around steal that you usually get. And then uh, when it came to finishing, you got moved off the line. There were a couple of layups that you had, a float game. Um, but a lot of people who watched your, the Lakers, they want your three-point shooting to get better. I'm sure you do more than they do. Um, well, what would you say, what is going through your mind when, you, when you're going through a little slump, particularly just from the three-point line itself? Um, I try to look at the positive of everything, man. Obviously, we all want to make threes. We want to make shots. Um, we will get there. I'm not doubting that at all. We're all confident. And my mind is, you know, it's just a, it's just a timing. It's a, it's a period. It's a phase. It's going to happen. It happens with all players, all shooters. And I'd rather have it now than when it comes down to money time. Um, so... You know, just keep shooting, staying confident, shooting it like we're hot. I told everybody that. We're all backing each other, making it easier for each other, trying to anyway, trying to get back to our, ourselves and playing basketball like how Houston does, 
how Toronto does, touching the paint and even getting layups for finding guys and making plays for a teammate uh, to get open looks, more uncontested looks, more made shots. It's just, you know, the numbers. Uh, so we do that and continue to find each other and just play good basketball. I think we even played pretty solid basketball offensively, swinging the ball on, in Toronto game. We just didn't make any shots. We had some open looks. Um, but then this, I look at the positives. I'd rather have it bad now and better later. Um, so, we, so we're still working on doing a better job of, of so making plays for each other, uh, getting out and getting our pace back. But also the, the positive note is, you know, our weakest side of the ball is offense. And we know that we have a lot of talented players that can get that done. So I'm glad that our defense has been pretty good. That's always a good sign. As long as your defense is good, um, I think you give yourself a chance because eventually shots are going to be made. Eventually you're going to find some offense when you guys got LeBron and AD that can score uh, in plethora of ways and also get your team a bucket by finding guys. Um, so I'm not worried about it, but a lot of positives. But so we do know we're playing like smash. You know, we <laughs> want to play better. Um, but, you know, it's the time of the year to get all that out right now. So, you know, we know that the good is, is yet to come. Uh, for sure. And, you know, you alluded to uh, defense being the key factor uh, last year when you were with the Raptors. A lot of droughts for the team offensively, but you guys still play really good defense. And with this team in particular, if you guys play really good defense – you, you will be able to score because at the very least, you can get a lot of transition possessions and you guys are very good in transition. So I don't think that's anything for, obviously Lakers fans are still going to worry. They're kind of, Lakers fans are kind of remind me of Yankee fans back from, from New York where every game matters. And I, I like that a lot uh, as a basketball fan. I love the intensity, but I, I think everybody can realize that the bigger games, uh, things should turn around and, and there's not too much to fret about. Um, but speaking of defense and, yeah, you know, we, Mark, you know how big city fans react. Uh, I love it. You know, you know how it is. I love it. <laughs> um, before before we get to our interview with Jalen Rose, one more question and, and alluding to defense. Uh, Kyle Kuzma uh, has looked really good or compared to what we saw from earlier this season. Not to say that he wasn't good earlier this season, but uh, he's taken a leap, it seems, defensively. It seems as if he's really found his shooting stroke uh, – I'm not an expert, but I think that's a fair evaluation. For sure, man. Kuz has been great for us, man. I think he's had the best training camp out of everybody. That confidence, especially. Um, you know, had him on the great team. He's coming at the purple team uh, full force. You know, he's attacking Bron AD and, and letting him know, you know, I'm here, especially offensively. Defensively, he's taking on the challenge. You know, he's like, you know, I want to guard Harden. I want to guard so-and-so. I want to guard this guy. And he wants to, you know, kind of bottle him up. And he's done a great job of moving his feet playing well, especially, you know, Clippers, Kawhi, Paul George, he's, he's using his length um, and using his size to his advantage, which is, you know, good to see. Um, but I said there were times where I've seen a lot of growth. I still see a lot of growth. There were times so early on his growth, you could see tremendous because he wasn't forcing the issue. He let the game come to him. I think now because, and not just him, but because we aren't shooting as well and playing as well, um, that kind of let the game come to you is – is not as easy to do. Guys are getting frustrated and trying to find ways, you know, to make things happen and try to, you know, put the team on his back when Bron is out. Um, so he's done a great job of still staying aggressive, uh, but he's still learning, just like everybody else, uh, to be patient, even when things aren't going well, you know, to find ways to, you know, the game will come to you, you'll get points, you'll score, but find ways to get you know, our team a better, the best shot. And that's what Coach is trying to explain to everybody. But he's been by far the, the best out of everybody throughout our training camp in, in the first couple of games of, of keeping rhythm and defensively, you know, being locked in. And I'm proud of his growth, man. We're going to need him in the, in the future and in the playoffs. Let's be that X factor for us. 
Yeah, a lot of Lakers fans have been encouraged by that. And I think one of the things that he said after the Rockets game is that uh, he no longer judges his performance performances on how he performs uh, offensively. So it's more about what he does on the defensive side of the ball. So, again, uh, encouraged because you guys are smart enough to understand what side of the ball matters and the offense should come around. Uh, but unless you got anything else, I think it's time for Jalen. Yeah, let's bring him on, man. Let's get Jalen. People want to hear from him more than they want to hear from me. Man. He's definitely more interesting, more <laughs> a lot smarter, and has some better things going on, especially outside of the basketball world with the voting, uh, with the movement. And uh, he's a pioneer of everything, from basketball world to podcast, um, you know, to, to, to the social justice movement and, and, you know, getting people to understand and, and know what's, you know, What's the bigger picture? Uh, Jalen's been great, and he's one of the guys I looked up to, even being a TV you know, analyst or you know, you know, commentating and sideline and doing games. So um, yeah, man, I think it's a, let's bring him on so the people listen to him. Time to give the people what they want, as Jalen would say, and he'll join us next with more inside the green room. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This show is brought to you by Jack in the Box. Order your favorites like Jumbo Jacks, Curly Fries, or two tacos all day, every day using their mobile app, drive-through, or delivery. What's up, what's up, everybody? We're back with more Inside the Green Room. I got my guy Jalen Rose on us with us today. Uh, Jalen, what's up, man? Appreciate you. Uh, what's taking- up, though? Doing all right? Yes, indeed. Appreciate you having me on. Hopefully, when this pandemic ends, I can officially join you and be in the same place at the same time and enjoy things that may happen in the green room. Yeah, man, hopefully, man. That, that would be dope. Um, as we discussed earlier, we know how important uh, good journalism is, um, especially these days. Uh, Jay, you've been involved with uh, Bron and his More Than the Vote campaign. Um, how did that come about? And explain to our audience exactly what it is. Well, you know the kind of leader Bron is and uh, the kind of so- social justice warrior that he's been since day one. And so this just another one of his undertakings that continues to cement why he's the greatest basketball player turned philanthropist that the league has seen and so when he reaches out we understand that in 2016 at the polls color people we didn't show up we weren't as enthusiastic as we were for Barack Obama and rightfully so and right now it's imperative in 2020 that we get over a lot of hurdles that we have with voting in the system you know there are a couple of things like in the last election, we realized that the person that has the most votes doesn't necessarily win. So that discourages a lot of people. And whether you have to mail in or absentee or you're able to be there in, in, in present, it's important that we mobilize and get people to get out to do it. So I applaud his leadership for trying to gather as many people as possible to make it happen. And I'm going to be stomping really hard right here where I am right now in Detroit to try to make sure a lot of people out at the polls represent. Jalen, I want to discuss uh, your comments that you made previously about LeBron, but you bring up a good point about voting, and obviously there's a voter suppression that happens uh, throughout the country. So I'm happy certain NBA teams have opened up their arenas uh, for voting venues. But speaking of you being in Detroit, you have JRLA and another prevalent conversation in our community right now is kids going back to school. Uh, how have how has your school and your team approached that? And obviously there's also the mass debate as well. Uh, how have you guys approached it? So we're open enrollment. We're tuition free. We're public charter. And I influence 
young people between literally the ages of 14 and 22. And at that point in society, we're not considered cute and cuddly anymore. So they become the at-risk youth. So I influence scholars between ninth grade and when they graduate from college. And it was really disappointing to see our Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, basically speaking to a microphone, a bully tactic, basically acknowledging that if students aren't back in school when they're told to be in school, then, you know, funding can be threatened. And so th those are the kind of things that systematically it's important to get out and vote to make change that you don't realize have influence on a lot of people that are decision makers. And so for us, I deal with the dynamic of young people that don't all have computers, don't all have internet service. Parents may change phone numbers from month to month. We have homeless students. We have special needs scholars. And the school is in the neighborhood that I grew up in. So there are a lot of challenges to not only dealing with a pandemic, if they're going to be in the building, we would need more funding just facility-wise. We get zero state funding from the state for our facility. Zero state funding. So in high school in our building, we have 400-plus scholars, and we have another 500 or so between their freshman year of college and fifth year of college. So there's no way with social distancing, we could put 400 students back in our building. Our building really was already too small anyway. And now that our scholars are gonna be able to remote learning, we really remote learn, we're really fortunate that we got a donation from Aaron Tellum um, of the Detroit Pistons to make sure that all of our scholars had laptops. And so it, it's kind of head scratching and it kind of encourages me when I see the landscape of education being discussed and I work in this space just like I work in the basketball space. And so I'm on the same emails. I, I'm in the foxhole. And so it's like, oh, well, all of the kids are just at home and their parents just, you know, teaching them from the house and it's all good. No, that not, not in the dynamic of the students that I serve. You know, smaller homes, multiple siblings, single parent homes, broken homes, staying with grandparents and things of that nature. So there's a, a ton of challenges. But uh, I'm really encouraged that uh, we're going to have an amazing school year. And uh, I believe September and op October in particular, we're just going to make sure that our scholars know that they're going to remote learn. We're not going to rush them back in the building in any way, shape, or form and put them at risk. You saw the video in Atlanta. That really happens. That, that's our school. That's our school every day. That's our facility. So when I saw that visual, we're going to hold out as long as possible. Yeah, man, I hope we find a way for our kids to learn and do it safely. Uh, speaking of which, this is why we're in a bubble during this pandemic. Um, we haven't had any positive cases since the initial quarantine. Um, what do you think the NBA has done versus the MLB uh, in comparison? Great leadership at the top, just like we were just saying prior. We don't have a national strategy as it relates to COVID-19, and it seems like the MLB has taken those same cues because there's no way you can get to a World Series without putting the players in a bubble. There's got to be some sort of sacrifice. I don't have to tell you, you're doing it right now. You're away from your family, your friends, and your loved ones and things that you would like to do, but you're willing to sacrifice for your day job. You're not an essential worker. You're a multimillionaire. You're playing a game that you love, and you're like, you know what? I'll take this opportunity to go play the game that I love. And so 
the major league players decided that they didn't want a bubble situation. Who, what made them think that they were going to be traveling from city to city, state to state, playing baseball games in empty arenas, and we're going to get to some sort of conclusion, like they're immune from society, like they're different or smarter than us. And so I applaud the leadership of Michelle Roberts and the NBAPA and Chris Paul and Adam Silver, but mostly you guys, because that's a big commitment that you guys are making. And playing not you know not playing in front of fans and things of that nature. I would like to ask you. So, what what's some of the more unique challenges that you have to deal with before, during, and after a game? Because this is your day job. Yeah, man. Um, so taking a day at a time, and I think with each day it gets a little bit more difficult being away from say your family and friends and loved ones. And I don't have any kids. I can imagine guys who have kids. I have dogs. I miss my dogs too. I miss my fiance. But um. And so just strangely differently, like it's kind, of, it's kind of like high school, AAU, where after games, you kind of get out right away. There's no showers. You can't shower there. You can ice a little bit, but you're kind of in and out, no fans. But I said, taking a day at a time, the basketball is becoming easier, but the outside lifestyle is becoming a little harder. So the longer you're away from your family and friends and loved ones. Um, but back to what we were discussing, do you think we get an NFL season or a college football season? I don't believe if you don't do a bubble situation, you get a champion in football or baseball for sure. In college football, the big five conferences kind of navigate how they want to do things. So if they really wanted to do it, they could probably quarantine each of the squads and have a champion. And then they determine who are the best handful of teams and then get to a champion and crown a champion that way anyway. That kind of is how it used to be when the media used to vote. And so I I think college football is going to try to do it and it may be able to be successful, but I don't see it happening in Major League Baseball and I don't see it happening in the NFL if there isn't some sort of sacrifice in a bubble situation. You notice, Danny, young millionaires playing the game that they love, it's really stressful being a professional athlete. And just like everybody else, you need that release. Everybody needs it. And so it's going to be interesting if they make that, make that sacrifice. I don't, right now, I don't, I don't see it happen. I don't see a World Series champion happening without interruption. I don't see a Super Bowl champion happening without a bubble scenario set up. Jalen, as you alluded to, uh, it looks like the NBA is going to make it to the NBA finals with your expertise. How have the Lakers looked, uh, particularly uh, LeBron and, and what a championship might mean for him. And then a, a lot of Lakers fans have been encouraged by Kyle Kuzma's play. What's your evaluation of, of, of the team in general and those two? Well, Danny knows this, they championship or bust. So we can, analyze and overanalyze what happens in the regular season, what happens in the first round, what happens in the second round, what happens in the conference finals, what happens in the finals. <laughs> We're going to continue to overanalyze until the champion is crowned. And when you look down at the piece of paper, I voted all NBA. They got two of those players, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And AD's gotten better. He like he's gotten better. He, this is a better basketball player right now than he was in New Orleans. His see what happens in sports is people take a leap, and I really think like this last three and a half months he took a leap, and he's more confident handling the ball, shooting the ball. He's playing within himself, and now that he to me has become 
oh, you put a small guy on me, bucket. You put a big guy on me, go bear at the three step back and one. So so he got it. I think uh the next thing is gonna be beyond Danny and Kuz, along with LeBron, who's gonna be the guy to close the game with th- that foursome? I think that's something that they have to figure out. Um, against different teams, it's probably going to mean different things. If it's against Houston, you go smaller, I guess. If it's against Denver, you go bigger. Um, that's something that has to get figured out. But I, I think, like, the, their overall, like, low scoring in the bubble and not having the percentages that they want, I think a lot of their players, Danny, JR, JaVale, Rondo, them dudes already won championships, not playing with LeBron. So they know when it's time to really turn it up, they're going to be able to turn it up. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I think we all are, man, especially with the, that, that playing round. Um, who's going to get that A seed? Um, well, how Phoenix Portland. Is- Portland. Everybody Better wants- get ready. Get that film out. Portland coming. All right. Well, Port- yeah, Portland's been playing well. So is Phoenix. Um, obviously, with Jaron Jackson Jr. out, got hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. Phoenix is 4-0, man. Um, they've been looking good. So mm-hmm. they balling. I mean, between those two, who do you, th- you think Portland is going to merge? Yeah, I think Portland, but just because they have you know more vets and more players. Like mm-hmm. Booker's a, a superstar, really. He's just not playing on a winning team yet. Um, Aiton's just always going to be judged because he was you know picked ahead of Luca and Trey, but he's still balling. He's still getting twenty and ten. I always loved Ubre. I don't know why Washington let him go. I thought that was a you know. Hot, they just, that was just a bad decision. And for them to respond by letting cash considerations get away in Indiana, and he putting in work. And so for them to overcome that, it just shows how dope Monty is. I always knew that he was one of those guys that deserve a gig. And I know he dealt with some, uh, some horrific tragedies in his family, um, losing his wife. But as he was getting back closer towards the game, he was always somebody that I was watching and knew that he would be a great coach again. And so I'm not surprised that they're playing well in the bubble. But if I had to pick, I'd definitely be um, Dame and CJ, and they got Nurkic back, and Melo hit big shots. And, you know, Gary Trent Jr., I played against his father. I got love for him, and he balling and giving him good minutes. So I think, I think it's going to be Portland. Jalen, I know you have to go here soon. And so I, I will leave you with one quick question. We're creeping up on 824. August 24th, obviously those are Kobe's numbers. Uh, if you could, for the Lakers fans who tune into this show, if you could recall a moment, I'm sure some of them would like to recall the 81-point game, but you're our guest, so we'll let you decide what you would like to recall uh, from playing with or working with Kobe. Thank you, and I appreciate you being gracious. gracious. But here's the thing. I love being what I consider now one of the ambassadors for the legend's legacy. Like, you can Google right now, who was Kobe Bryant's favorite player in high school? And you know what the answer was? Jalen Rose. That's my man. Like, people get it twisted from him dominating me as one of the best five basketball players on the floor from we're not cool. And that was so far from the truth. I was in L.A. when he got drafted. We used to play at the men's gym. And I remember us going to Santa Monica and feeling like we was young athletes and we were going to go get massages afterwards. And then, 
you know, get in the hot tub and stuff like that. And so I saw him growing mature and to be not only a, an amazing husband, an amazing father, amazing leader. Um, when things got tough in L.A., when that spotlight was there, he, he stood there for 20 years and he took all of it. Five championships, three with Shaq, playing against them the first time they won the championship. You, Danny's team this season reminds me of that team. All of the championship-level guys I just named, they had them. They had Ori and Fox and Glenn Rice, and they just had Derek Fisher. They just had all of those guys. And so watching Kobe navigate to being the guy that gave it to Shaq in theory the first 46 minutes and still got his numbers until being that guy in game five when Shaq fouled out and he told us to get down and lay down when he looked over at Phil and put his hands to the floor like, I got this. Because I heard Phil yelling. He was like, pass the ball. That's what he was yelling, okay? True story. And that's why Kobe looked over at the bench and did that. He didn't look at us. He didn't look at the crowd. Like, he was, he was like, driven and intelligent and self-motivated. He spoke multiple languages and reinvented himself after Shaq and winning those two championships with Gasol and in retirement – you know, having a production company, a gentleman named Baron that worked on Jalen and Jacoby, Kobe hired him from our show to be on his production team before they got all of those accolades. And I did a pilot called Jalen versus Everybody, and I'm glad that you um, planted the seed to prepare for A24 because people are going to be running the skit that I produced and wrote for Kobe, along with Nanach Kakan and Melvin uh, Marr and had them come to the Palm Restaurant, the 81 Olives one. That's why when you see it, it doesn't have any logos. It doesn't have any sponsors because that was just genuine, and it was love that I wanted to show to him. So I know now in his untimely passing, there are going to be a lot of people called upon to represent his legacy. You know, people are going to get on the phone with Phil. People are going to get on the phone with Shaq. And as you start doing that list of people, I started to realize I'm really high on it. And I take pride in that. And I want to just say something about the 81-point game. Great players are supposed to put the smack down on people. That's how this works. Will Chamberlain had 100 in the game. Devin Booker had 70 in the game against the Celtics. Like, this happens. But how about a guy having 81 in the game and then in his final game having 60? In his final game, he had 60 against the Jazz. And – for everybody out there that loved basketball, go back and watch that game. I'll celebrate it with you on A24. He was so locked in. He ain't have no highlights. Watch the baskets that he scored. It wasn't no up and under, reverse dunk on nobody, double pump backwards, no crossover, make somebody fall like he did every night. He was so locked in, it was just easy to him. And he never talked trash. He never said nothing. He didn't thump his chest. He ain't pointed the sky. He didn't say nothing. Danny, you know this, because when you do that, then somebody want to get physical with you. He ain't say nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and as a pro that grew up in the game, you got to take it. You got to sure. take it. That's if he would have said something, you hack him, you yeah. try to hurt him, you try to do whatever. You quadruple team him, you do all of that. But when he doing it organically, you got to take it. And 
Make all of the memes you want. He deserved that greatness, and I'm here to hold down his legacy just because I'm a small part of his greatness. Word, man. You're right. Appreciate it. Man, couldn't have said any better. You know, Cope deserves everything that he gets. Um, you know, rest in peace. 824 is going to be a special day for everyone, especially the Lakers organization. Um, but we appreciate your time, man. We know you got things to do. You got to go. Um, hopefully you can pull up to a virtual game one of these days, get you on the screen behind the bench. Um, done and done. I'm going to be down there for the conference finals okay. and watching y'all in the NBA finals. I'll be there. This is my 19th straight year covering the finals on TV. So I'll be there to represent. All right. I'm looking forward to it, man. We need some We need some luck. We need some good advice. As much as we can get out here, hopefully get our legs back under us and playing some better basketball. They got you, dog. You already know. You got your five made three games coming. You already know it. You know this. I, I done seen this movie with you, dog. I'm not dealing with you. You know, I've been doing this job a long time. I watched you play in college. You know what I'm saying? I remember when you was with the Cavs and your dancing game was crazy with Brian. I remember all of that. Seeing you with the Spurs. I, I already know you're you, you, you're a silent killer. You ain't tripping on these bubble games right now, these four or five games. You can't say that out loud, but I'll say it. You know? Yeah. You're going to yeah. be ready. Y'all going to be ready. It's all good. I appreciate sure. the love. I come on anytime. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one, yes, man. Yes, indeed. Enjoy the all right, rest. Thanks, take Jay, care, man. y'all.